Hi, welcome back to the All of Us podcast. It's Monday, April 11th, and this is your host, Hero Bean Stevenson, and we're talking about mental wellness, which I think I should start saying now every time in this um, sort of more spontaneously recorded intro. If you're a returning guest, you'll know that that's because I kind of played with the introduction that we've had since the beginning that was pre-recorded and sort of longer um, and I thought that I would just make it a little bit more simple and have it just be the music and then sort of say my thing in this part and get right into the conversation but let me know um, right it sounds kind of funny going like leave it in the comments <laughs> feel like a tiktoker um, anyways you can maybe send me a a message of some sort if you have any kind of big opinion on this change in introduction. I'm probably going to be playing with it a bit more in the next couple of episodes or maybe this week I'll really figure it out and have a fully formed version of it by the next one and never change it again. I don't know but this is it for now um, and I like it. It feels good. Change is good. We're evolving. It's all great. I feel amazing. I slept nine hours last night, which I would like to credit today's guest for. It's Alex Olson. He's a professional skateboarder, and for the last several years, he's been honing a practice in mindfulness and meditation and yoga, and most notably, breath work, which I think he's become almost as known for as his skating. But in our conversation, I told him that I had been sleeping very poorly and waking up with a ton of anxiety. And he advised that I stop drinking coffee and that I start a box breathing practice, which is breathing in a four, 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 four. You inhale for four and hold for four and exhale for four and then hold for four again and do the whole thing over. And that night when I went to bed, after recording our conversation, I did the box breathing. And then the next morning, instead of drinking my <laughs> normal half French press of coffee, followed by another half French press of coffee later in the day, I made myself a chai and continued that practice all week. Um, I think we recorded it like on, I think it was Tuesday. So yeah, it's been six days. And my sleep totally changed. It's been incredible. I I think I had coffee actually one time. I cheated a little bit and I had it once um, very early in the morning um, before a flight. But other than that, I've been sticking to chai. I have had a little bit of matcha. But mainly the thing I've been drinking is this tea that my acupuncturist gave me. The day after I recorded the episode and the day after Alex gave me that advice, I went to see my um, acupuncturist, this traditional Chinese medicine doctor. Her name is Dr. Jing. She's amazing. I've been seeing her for, I think, six years now. She, I had an appointment with her and she looked at my tongue and checked my pulse and looked at my eyes and she said, you have not been sleeping and you need to stop drinking coffee and you need to drink this tea and take this herbal sort of supplement. And it has, the tea, I don't know what the herbal supplement has I don't know everything that it has in it it's a bunch of Chinese herbs but the tea is this little bag of dried rose and chrysanthemum flowers and goji berries I'll post a picture of it on the podcast Instagram but it smells amazing and it tastes really gentle and lovely and great but I was drinking that mainly at night and doing the box breathing and then having a little tiny bit of some kind of caffeine in the morning and my sleep totally changed. And because of that, I've been feeling so restored and energized and amazing. So I'll leave you guys with that little bit of positive energy. And here's our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. I loved it. This is Alex Olson. Hey, Alex. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. Thank you so much for, for making the time and for joining me. You're kind of in my living room, I guess. This is where... All right. Most of them are recorded, but even though we're on a call, here we are still. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Just uh, kind of just getting the day started. Yeah, nice. So yeah, 
Yeah. So you're in, in LA. Yeah. And you've grown up here for the most part. Uh, yeah. Born and raised from nice. Santa Monica, lived in Malibu, Hollywood. Nice. Wait, it's where you were raised, you were born like in, in Santa Monica? Yeah. St. John's and, uh, went to, yeah, lived with my mom for about 10 years and then lived with my dad and then kind of not ran away, but ran away. Cool. Where'd you go to school? Oh, that's, uh, I went all over, but, uh, I mean like young, young. I'm just, cause I grew up in Santa Monica too. So I'm kind of, I'm trying to right. say. Uh, Roosevelt, uh, John, whatever. I can't remember the name. Malibu, uh, Montessori. Cool. Yeah. I grew up in Santa Monica as well. And I kind of, um, in doing my little research stock, I was like, oh, similar, similar breeding ground. Right. Um, are you wearing an aura ring there? Yeah, I am. How do you like got it for me? Uh, how do you like that? Good. I don't, you know, it's funny. I was really into it at first. And then I just got lazy during charging it. And then I kind of, it's basically, I learned like the, the madness to it. And you just like, don't eat between certain hours and go to sleep at a, you know, you want eight hours of sleep. So I sleep in more now than I did. Cause I would be, I got to get up and I got to start the day at six. Yeah. And now I wake up at eight just to get that full eight hours, depending you, on when I go to sleep. Do you believe in the full eight hours thing? I, I mean, you just feel different. I agree. It's a whole thing. The guy, Dave Asprey that does bulletproof. Mm-hmm. I listen to him or I used to listen to his podcast a lot, but I've heard he kind of doesn't believe in the eight hours thing. He thinks that you can like bank sleep earlier in life and that now he only needs like five hours or something. I feel awful when I don't get sleep and I haven't been sleeping well. So uh, I think when you do get older, you do, ha- you don't need as much sleep. Yeah. Um, but for younger people, you 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 know there's certain part certain organs and certain things that are still creating certain vitamins and things that you need so yeah you do need that eight hours i mean think about a baby or a puppy they sleep all day yeah it's true or a teenager or a teenager exactly <laughs> well teenage old that's also but the school system makes you wake up at a crazy time and yeah yeah so does the aura ring just track your sleep or is is there a sort of like a multitude? It tracks your heart rate. Oh, cool. So it's all about, you know, your uh, your different heart rate rhythms. And basically, <clears throat> if you eat, say you eat a late meal and go to sleep within two hours, you're not fully digested. And so therefore, your heart rate will, won't relax because it's digesting food while you're falling into REM or whatnot and you'll you won't have a full rested night so that's the whole idea of learning kind of like oh if i eat i need to have four hours of digestive time before i go to sleep Mm. and it's all basically predicated around lowering your heart rate because the lower heart rate uh, i don't know what the um the uh you you know you get x amount of beats in your life on your heart I, i don't know what it is number it is but like it's all about just basically like lowering your heart rate with all things considered you know to live a long happy life you know so have you noticed a difference in your in your heart rate as according to the ring I guess or just in general between when you do your when you're kind of consistently doing your breath work and then not um I think, you know, that's what meditation really is. If you want to get like scientific is getting down to a, a lowering to a, like, um, not Delta because Delta is the, when you're sleeping, but get basically in theta, I believe I could be wrong. I could be getting all the different, I think it goes Delta, theta, beta, alpha. So like we're in alpha right now or going into alpha and it's the most alert. I don't know if you know any of this. No, you're me. It's great. So, but basically, uh, yeah, so you want to get into a theta state. 
And that's like subconscious. So like when you're like, I had the weirdest dreams last night or this morning, that's you being in theta subconscious. And therefore that's basically like, you're, you know, your, your heart rate is getting to a, a lower frequency basically. Cool. And your yeah. mind. So. Yeah, I kind of know a fair amount. I read, um, I feel like everyone on earth read this, but James Nestor's book, Breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was sort of written in like a fun. I, I, right. I listened to it though, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, he has a lot of interesting stuff. I found the most interesting thing was the, uh, the like thing spacing his teeth. Yeah. To get yeah. more airflow or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was really interesting because he like, I guess, I forgot what it was, but like it was something like a nickel size space in, in the, between his teeth that he like extended it for his jaw or something. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. And then taping the mouth shut too. Yeah. My yeah. dad's really into all that. Last time I went to visit him, he lives in Wyoming. He had mm-hmm. this like half of his like lip skin was ripped off. Yeah. I was like, what is that? And he's like, oh yeah, I've been sleeping with my mouth tape shut and I just put like too strong of tape on there. So when I right, took it, right, right. I was like, like, this seems really intense, especially for right. you who was like 75. I don't know if like this is a good idea. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, but it, yeah, all that is just like kind of like training you to breathe out of your nose. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, cool stuff. You know, some people, like my dad probably could benefit from that, but he doesn't, he won't do that, but because I think he breathes heavily out of his mouth. But yeah, that book, he read that book. I, I bought that book for him and he read it, but I don't see if he took anything away from it. Yeah. Unfortunately. So yeah, you, in talking about sort of like how it all relates to longevity, I read that, or I, I think I listened to something where you had said that you got into all of this sort of like wellness and breath work and everything because you were getting sick a lot. Is that true? Did I listen to that? Um, no, no. Yeah, you got it right. But uh, it's sick. Me, like, not like getting like catching flus and stuff. It was more like, I I don't know. I just had like stomach issues. I felt like yeah. I felt sick, you know, six days out of the week. And so I just started slowly like changing little dietary things and kind of, it was a whole process and like not drinking alcohol and then getting rid of milk or dairy and and then kind of just doing, you know, just during trying X, Y, and Z to see what would work and, you know, kind of figured it, figured it out without going to, I went to a doctor and they really didn't have an answer for me. And so, yeah, I just had to experiment on myself and do breath works and dietary things. And now I don't really feel like that at all. Yeah. When was that? Oh, I, um, around 2012, it started. Well, okay. I started taking notice of it, you know, but also I, I grew up with a mom that was like, kind of, um, it, that stuff was kind of around or I okay. grew up around it. Yeah. She didn't force it on me, but she was interested in that stuff. So, you know, uh, it, it was familiar in some sense. Yeah. I was going to say it's an interesting thing that, cause I know a lot of men, especially who deal with particularly like digestive issues. Like I think a lot of um, like health ailments that manifest, like whether it's like stress or just like different factors in your life. I think I see it a lot in men happening with stomach and digestive issues and gut issues. Um, but most of them either sort of like don't, at least the ones that I know, like either just kind of write it off as being like an annoying thing that they'll deal with at some point, or they'll go to like a very traditional doctor, get prescribed like whatever medication and it usually doesn't work, but they, it's very rare. I don't think I've ever really heard of, um, especially like men. I know a lot of women, obviously that sort of go the holistic route and like try alternative healing modalities, whether that's like a shift in the diet or breath work, but I haven't, right. that's why I was so interested to talk to you because especially growing up, like in this like skate culture and just be like, I don't, it was, it seemed like an amazing, like strange thing that you would take this path and also not go. So like you've integrated seemingly like integrated it into your life in a very sort of like 
relaxed, casual, like natural way. Um, I feel like also a lot of people come upon this and go like make it their whole thing and like do this whole shtick around it. And you seem to kind of very organically have adopted it into your life. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, do yes. you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are people that I followed that I stopped following that were just those people. It can get into a very like slippery slope. And a lot of those people kind of turned into like weird QAnon people, (laughs) which was like kind of frightening. And I was just like, whoa, I was kind of like going that route. But, you know, it's just like you have to question because I think a lot of people are like, I don't know. I think I was, I was, like I said, I was going down that route and I think it was like questioning Western medicine and like, mm-hmm. maybe you see a couple things and then you start reading these memes or these like little like tidbits of like, if you put, if you put cabbage on your ankle, it has natural anti-inflammatory, you know, it just, it gets into these like crazy snowball effect of things that where you start believing like every every like natural remedy is is like, uh, I guess like big pharma is like trying to block that. And then you get in this whole conspiracy mindset of like, yeah, they're just trying to hide us from the truth. And we are not using this like ancient medicine. And I just, I had to step away from that and just be like, Oh, okay. There's Western medicine is good for X, Y, and Z. And there's these practices that are like rooted in like health issues. So like, you know, breaking a bone or something like, or setting pins because your bone shattered, you know, I don't know, in, in, in um, whatever century before, you know, America, they, I don't know how they would fix that, you know, but this day and age, you go to like, you go to the Western because of what you need, but like elements and stuff like that for healing, maybe not the best place. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I mean, like, my mom's had cancer and hepatitis C and she's healthy and alive and thriving and active because of Western medicine and medication. And like my dad's had like, I mean, she's also lives a very alternative, like she's very into like, she eats plant-based and organic and is very active and like is very aware of her health and just not relying on traditional Western medicine and medication. But like undoubtedly, like there are things from Western medicine that have allowed her to live longer yeah exactly so it's Um, like just one of those things like give and take totally um yeah and those people are scary that are like all about like you want to eat plant-based yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know like right yeah so yeah it's scary I mean even too like with me dealing with my like anxiety and stress and it manifesting in an eating disorder and like this very OCD mentality. Like I couldn't meditate that shit away. Like I tried every single thing possible. Like I was doing every kind of yoga and meditation and breath work and energy healing and so much. And at a certain point, like I got on an SSRI, it calmed me down enough to where I could let a lot of that go that just wasn't going away. And that did help me. And then I got off of it and it's still you know, I reaped the benefits of it, but like Western medicine did something that I couldn't really find elsewhere. Right. Right. Or, I mean, just, I think the, the, the plant stuff takes a lot longer than anticipated. Yes. Yes, definitely. So what did sort of the first iteration of your, I guess, like mindful living look like, like when you first discovered all of this, what did that look like? So I think in 2012, I just was like, I'm going to stop drinking, you know, I'm just going to see what, how to do that. And like, my stomach was feeling bad. I was, you know, I would like fall asleep with a beer in my hand and stuff. And I was just like, all right, I got to stop this and like, see how I feel, you know? And then I think like, I just had it going to a point where I'm like, what? I haven't had a drink in six months. I don't want to drink yet like that that flew by and then just kind of like oh I don't want to whatever break this stride so it was first that and then I think from that I started maybe I followed this guy John Joseph who was like very like a masculine a masculine vegan (laughs) but like what I knew of a vegan was like kind of like 
basically someone looked like me that was just like worked at a health food store or something or like had a hacky sack and I was like so I didn't identify with that I guess so I was like more intrigued by this person and I read his book and I'm like all right cool and my knees were hurting at that point from skating and I'm like let me see like if I just tried this and it's kind of that same you know archetype where it's just like try it out oh I've done it this far let's see how much further I can go and you're actually I feel much better than I was at at when I first started so I'm going to keep doing this and so yeah I started I went plant-based and that was in probably 2016 Hmm. I don't know yeah 2016 and then you know started not feeling I don't know, not getting sick or just not feeling, feeling better than I was. And then, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think, and then I think I had an ex-girlfriend who wanted to like try TM and I went with her and her mom to this, like, to, um, a, like a, like a a briefing or whatever. And I remember sitting there and they're telling, like, kind of giving us the spiel, and I just was like, let me just try meditation before I give this, these people like my money. Cause this isn't, this, you know, meditation is free. And then I'm like, I'm going to try like headspace and like, let's see where this goes first. And then trying headspace and then doing another interview like this with a friend. And he's like, Oh, I've been doing this thing called Wim Hof, the Iceman. And it's the all best. about breathing. I'm like, all right, I'll look into this. I think I've heard about this guy. And started doing that and then kind of like another thing I'm like oh I like this and then I think I was like oh I want to get certified to do this you know like I've never been certified for anything and that'd be like a cool thing to be certified for and I kind of looked into that and I think I like I took you had to like take a couple online courses and I did that and then that's how I got into yoga the rest is kind of history and then I mean just like kind of experiment experimenting with like all right there's in breath work what other things in breath work are there and like kind of going through the whole like gamut of- so are you certified in Wim Hof I'm not okay. no because basically it was like you had to do this on like two online courses and then go to his like retreat mm-hmm. which is like I don't know all in all probably like I think it's like ten thousand dollars that's so expensive <laughs> yeah I don't know I was just like Oh, cool. It wasn't as expensive when I first was doing it, but it was like something like you had to go like every year. And mm. I was like, this is like a weird Ponzi scheme. I'm not doing this, you know? Yeah. And there weren't any like Wim Hof centers where it was like a yoga center or anything. Where I was like, this is annoying. Like, why no, is you this, meet like- up in like some like obscure location in Iceland or something? Poland, I think. He has, a, he has, a, he has like a cabin in Poland that I think they all go to during like the winter. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just was like, I like, yeah, I went to a seminar where like, get you got to meet the guy. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was cool. But then like, I just started exploring that whole world and like what else and kind of seeing where he got it from, you know? Yeah. And it was pretty interesting, but that's how I got, I was in my uh, road to recovery, if you will. Yeah. So were, were there any things that you tried sort of along the way that you felt like really just didn't work for you? And then on the other side of that, what things or like what specific, I guess, practices really did work for you and that, and which ones have you sort of held that are important to you today? Well, like I haven't been doing breath work mm. really and, uh, recently just because I don't know, at a time it was like, I had like a practice that was like two and a half hours long and I'm like, okay. And after I would be done with them, like, I don't want to do anything the rest of the day. Or it's like, yeah. felt like a chore. So I kind of had to like cut it down, but um, practices that I don't do anymore. It's more just like learning and using all these tools and then just kind of bringing them in and out when you need them. It's not that one's better than the other. It's more just, what you need at that certain time and so i think right now i don't feel like i need breath work though it's great um there are times where like maybe i fall out of my routine 
and then I implement that. Yeah. Um, Cause there was like, I think, so I got hurt skateboarding. I like rolled my ankle really bad and it wasn't getting better. And I was going to physical therapy. And from there I was going to physical therapy and I was like, this is getting kind of expensive. I'm like, why don't I just try yoga? It's the same price of one session for a whole month. And I'll just go every day. Cause I can't like go to physical therapy every day to get better. So I, I, I went to this place, applied myself. And then I was like, wow, my ankle's getting way better, a lot faster just because I'm, you know, working on it every day. And after like, I think two months, I was like, all right, I'm not going to physical therapy anymore. The yoga is my new. What kind of yoga do you do? Uh, now I do more like Ion Guard and uh, what's it called? Shivananda. Mm. I've never um, heard of that one. What is that? One? Shivananda. Uh, Shivananda is kind of like you kind of get all of it. So you get meditation, there's breath work, there's pranayama, there's, and then a yoga routine. So yeah, it's up. Cool. you do your breath work. You get me. So you do your pranayama, yoga, then meditate. Um, I haven't been doing that, but that's like <clears throat> the one I found to be like, kind of like, it's always experimenting all of these things. And then you like find like, this is what I've been looking for. Why didn't I, I wish I just found this first. Yeah. But then, uh yeah so it's 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 basically yeah all those all the best the best ofs yeah nice so in talking about sort of how you found all of these things and it was like a as you put it like a road to recovery it's mainly like we've talked about it being around your physical health did Mm -hmm. you notice even if it wasn't the intention at first to sort of shift like any mental health things that were going on if you like I don't know, even just like general anxiety. I don't know if you felt that, but like, did you notice it shifting your mental state of being and your mental wellness? Oh uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think just stopping, stopping drinking, quitting drinking. It was like one of the biggest ones probably mm-hmm. just because you're out in a social environment and people are so quick to grab a drink to like settle their nerves because it's like, I mean, I'm already kind of like, anxious in the, in the sense of like big crowds and noises like I can't like focus it like makes my ADD go nuts and like it makes it really hard to focus and just all the sounds and stuff it's like very overwhelming for me to begin with um but when I stopped drinking and changed my diet I definitely like my friend was like you're calmer you're calmer and it's so funny because I before we just chatted I was watching this sat guru and uh Gordon Ramsay thing and he's and Sadhguru is talking about like if you eat a vegetarian diet it will start like you know your your body will start relaxing because it's less inflamed and you'll be calmer and Gordon Ramsay didn't want to hear it but it was pretty pretty good but um yeah definitely I definitely saw a change in, in just all all everything pretty much yeah I just listened to Sadhguru on um Joe Rogan and I loved it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I saw that he was on there. I would like to check that out. Yeah, he's on like a world press tour. Oh, really? <laughs> it was nice. funny. Joe was like, you asked to be on my show. Like, are you trying to get a ton of publicity? And he's like, yeah, I'm on a worldwide tour. It's like, this is great. Oh, wow. It's like a rock star. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's pretty great. Yeah. Um, so with it being also, you said that it was like a sort of anxiety, like it leveled you in a lot of different ways. Would you say like going into your skating a little bit, has that been, cause I can imagine like in the sport that I do, I ride horses. It's always been sort of like right. meditation for me. Um, and even right. separate from different like wellness practices, it's always been sort of a meditative thing, but I think that there are other people that also ride or like do whatever sport they do. And they don't think of it that way. Have you ever thought of your skating as being a part of your wellness practice? And has that kind of become more since you've been become more aware of all of that? Uh, I think it just, with all that, it just could help with long, longevity, you know, having a longer career than I probably should have. But uh, 
yeah, I think with all that stuff, it helps to a certain degree, but then some stuff is just like, there's no way getting around it. I mean, I'll, I'll go skateboard and I'll be like, why did I pick this? It's my thing to do. I'm really? Idiot. Yeah. But, uh, but like, and that's like the job aspect of it. But, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it just like, if you saw, if you saw like footage of me when I was 19, <laughs> I was screaming, throwing my skateboard. I don't really do that anymore. But I mean, yeah, also I just am calmer and I'm not as frustrated with it just because it's just more like, all right, it's not going to work today. That's just the way it is, you know, and being more accepting of the outcome of what it is, you know, and just trying again. I don't know. Like it was, was writing. I don't know if that's, I don't know much about writing besides like jumping hard, you know, whatever those things are jumping yeah. over those yeah. the, um, hurdles, but I don't know if it's like you go. Yeah. I don't know. Tell me like, how does that work? Where, where is there a day where you're frustrated that something didn't work? Oh, it's I mean, insane. You're, you're riding an animal that has its own brain and also doesn't speak English. <laughs> so yeah, like right. some days are, some days are wonderful. Um, but some days are so frustrating and you kind of like, especially when you're competitive, um, it can total, like it can become really you can, you can have a mental spiral and it can become about so much more than the riding. You doubt your, your ability in like every facet of life and like whether you should be doing it or not. Um, and you also feel like every bit of progress that you've made all of a sudden you're like, well, today I feel like I started riding yesterday and I just like, yeah, it's a lot. And it's so unexpected too. It's like almost, it's kind of like the second you sort of get to a place of feeling like you've really figured it out and you've sort of like reached where you're going to reach and you've like nailed it all of a sudden right. it totally humbles you and levels you. But I think that's a lot of things in life. I think that's everything. Totally. Of, you know, and that's what makes you enjoy it when you have those good days. Um, that's also yeah. like meditation too. Like oh, when yeah, you really yeah. feel like you're on a kick and you're like, this is great. And then all of a sudden you wake up the next day and you're like, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, I I just had like I was like on a real big high where like I found like a kind of a certain like cadence with my meditation recently where I was like wow this is like a drug, you know I I think I had figured out something and then recently I've been like trying to find it again where I'm like fuck why can't I like just figure out how to do that again because I had it where like I had it like focused for like a week where I was like getting it to a point where it was really good and then now it's like distracted you know being distracted and all that stuff that comes with life yeah that's I think it's so amazing to to speak to because obviously there are so many people that focus so hard on whatever practice they do whether it's meditation or yoga or breath work and it's easy to especially like in LA where it's kind of a cultic thing and like people sort of make their living on being like masters of these different practices and you and you talk to these people and like I do for this podcast and it's like there's this level of like, I have, this is my shit. Like I've mastered this thing. And like, once you get there, like there's no going back, but it's, there's so much more levity in speaking to somebody like you or like even, I don't know. I think it also plays into it that you also do a sport that's very humbling and like you do have great days and bad days. And I think everyone experiences this, but I think especially incorporating that mentality and that sort of acceptance of the unexpected and of like a very much like up and down trajectory into the wellness practice space is super important. Well, right. I mean, it's just, it's to the basic root of like happiness and being sad and being, having like happy days and sad days make you appreciate the happy days. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's at the most basic level, but it's, you know, just the complexities of that, of whatever thing you're applying it to is the same. Yeah. whatever makes you happy appreciate you know whatever makes you appreciate the things that you do more whatever excitement I mean I learned that more from surfing than anything where like I'm not as good I mean I'm not like a good surfer where I can understand like appreciating um good days versus when it doesn't work every time you know and there's so many other variables that go along with that 
where maybe skating is almost like one of those things where it's so second nature that it, it's more frustrating because it would be like walking or something or like breathing or breathing or whatever, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. that's what, what makes it more frustrating than anything. Yeah. I think when you pay, cause like for me, I've been riding since I was like two years old. And so it is so second nature to me. And that's what makes it even more frustrating because it feels just like a like a native language. But then when you find yourself tripping up or like not doing it in a way that feels natural that you would expect yourself to be able to do it, it, it makes it um, more, you're like even more of like fueled to like hone your practice in a, in a more intense way, but it becomes kind of confusing when it's something that is so second nature to you. Like the, the layers become really complicated. Right. It just, yeah, it just becomes more complex. But I mean, if you just kind of step back, you can kind of peel it and understand like, okay, that wasn't a good day or, you know, it's like they say, I think I heard um, Hamilton Morris explain like the, the worst trips like make taking mushrooms or psilocybin i mean yeah uh the worst trips are kind of the best trips because you kind of come out on the other end like with some type of clarity versus an enjoyment so oh yeah absolutely i just i just had one of those with and i'm i've been sitting for a week with that sort of like right. if anything like gratitude for being in my in my body and my existence um, right. i think like the most yeah the more difficult and sort of testing and experiences, the more, I think if you have the right mindset, the more gratitude you reap from the experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, would you say that you incorporate your breath work into your skating practice at all? No. No? I mean, I guess like, like I said earlier, like just like learning your heart rate and kind of like learning, I think like the best thing for anyone that's like curious to learn how to meditate is learning how to learning HVR, heart rate variancy, and you are about to raise your, oh, sorry, uh, to, <clears throat> to learn uh, HRV, heart rate variancy, uh, and it, just learning how to sync your mind and your, your heart rate together, and that really teaches you kind of like the flow state or what, you know, and that, that, you'll learn that feeling first and then you apply that and build upon that. Mm. Um, so with the skating, it's like, kind of like, don't get frustrated because X, Y, and Z, but like, if you're trying something for whatever, how many, you know, how long or whatever it is, you're like, keep trying. And like, you start, your results start to diminish as you're trying it. It starts getting frustrating and you kind of, it's like, you don't want to stop then you're kind of out of energy i just had this recently happen to me so it's just like it's frustrating but then you're just like all right well i tr- kind of being okay with just trying is like a great place to be sometimes yeah yeah it's definitely um like a, the, it's acceptance acceptance it's a more mature way of approaching something you know yeah absolutely um because I think I would get really upset a lot of the times or emotional about like not being able or not being worthy of doing something or, you know, it's just like, I'm not that great at this. Why am I doing this? And start questioning instead of just being like, I tried, I can only try, I can try again. You know, why did X, Y, and Z not work? I can go back and try it or like sharpen my tools to then go back and try this thing again. Yeah. I think that's the whole thing too, with letting go of expectation. Yeah. Um, And like expectation being disappointment waiting to happen. Like if you just don't, don't expect anything and just put in an effort that, um, is like wholehearted and has good intention and energy behind it. I think that's kind of the most you can can expect. I think expecting any kind of outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Expectations can be very misleading. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm interested in, in talking a bit about, you mentioned flow state. And I think that that's something that is really important, both in sports and in any kind of like wellness or meditation practice, especially with breath work. What does, what does flow state feel like to you when you're skating? And then when you're, when you're breathing, it's kind of an Uh, abstract question. No, I, I, I understand it. It just might be hard to explain. Uh, 
yeah, flow state. It's just kind of, I mean, it's really essentially what it is called flow state where you're not really thinking you're just acting and things are happening, you know, and that can be, you know, there's so many things that flow state can be, you know, going to the market and not like getting tripped up on your mind and just grabbing the things you need for a recipe or going to the hardware store and getting the things and not falling into like decision-making and just like getting things you need and getting out. And like it, there was, there was no hiccups during that, you know, that's basically flow state, uh, you know, for meditation, for me, at least it's, it's really just like being focused and not really letting any other thoughts kind of come in and distract you and kind of like, shake your foundation of what you're building or focus on and or skating would be i guess going out and you know i guess doing a trick that you had in mind and getting it or documenting and filming it and having it not uh be that hard you know like everything kind of aligns and it all happens and there's no struggle basically would be flow state in my my definition of flow state would be that yeah, cool. How do you go about achieving it? I think a lot of people like are kind of, especially as it becomes more of like a buzz term. I don't know if it is, but I've heard it definitely. It's pretty buzzy these it days. It is. Yeah. How do you go about like, but then again, it, with me asking like, how do you go about achieving it? It goes back to the sort of like letting go of expectation. You can't kind of like chase that, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think that you can't, I, I think you can't have expectations that you're going to get it every time you try. But that's the whole thing, again, circling back is like of appreciation of it, you know, and just understanding and accepting like, okay, I don't, I, it's not possible, possible to like fire at a hundred percent every day or every time I try something, it's just not, that just doesn't happen. You know, I mean, like, I don't know, a, a lot of things now, you know, if you look at nature, it's just like not every seed sprouts, um, so it's basically just having that expectation or just kind of being in love with just trying is the kind of the best thing, you know, and not having these expectations, but just, I don't know, if you look at more like a Zen idea of just like cutting, cutting a vegetable or cleaning the, the bowl or washing your dishes the best you can is, is the, the thing to be like, proud of. Yeah. You know, not getting it done the fastest. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That sort of like meditative state of just focusing on what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And not being, being present really. But yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine just posted something about a book. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting what it's called, but it's essentially about the fact that like, we can't really focus on anything anymore. Like we're losing our ability to just like focus. Was maybe the book called Deep Work? I think that's what it was. Yeah, Cal Newport. So. Um, yeah, so basically he's just explaining that like with all these distractions and all the things in the modern world, our focus is so like divided into so many minute different things with social and work and all that stuff. And his whole kind of thing is like if you have no distractions and fall into this thing of deep work of a practice where you get into something and work for four hours, your mind can only like focus on one thing and then it's done. Then it just like becomes arbitrary and won't, you won't get any more done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny. I read that book and I finished something I was, I had been meaning to finish and then I stopped like applying that, that, uh, theory that I learned, but, uh, it, it's that, I think it's that book that you're talking about. Yeah, it's interesting. There are some things that I find I have a pretty easy time focusing on, but it's when I'm actively doing something, like when I'm involved in in a practice, especially with like my writing or having a conversation like this, it's easier for me. But um, I think a lot of the more sort of like, quote unquote, smaller tasks that I have throughout the day, I am finding right. it like very difficult to focus. I think because we have, we're surrounded by so much stimulation constantly right or just like when you said that it just reminded me of like answering emails and you know like they say like in his book he talks about like 
checking your emails three times a day because mm-hmm. we're so we're so um what's it called conditioned to lo- looking at our phone every x amount of times and that's yeah. like you know you only have x amount of decision making throughout your day and so like this also all plays into like getting better sleep quality and 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 you know like being more optimal and all that stuff so uh yeah i i cannot fully understand that because i i fall in that trap pretty bad i'm more distracted as is so it's like i'll start watching like going on youtube to find something that i saw and fully getting distracted by something else and going a completely different route and forgetting the whole reason why yeah you fall into such a hole it's crazy and the every app and like website is kind of set up to to do that for you like you look up one thing and it gives you like a million suggestions of like adjacent things to look at yeah yeah i mean it's you know obviously designed to do that so it's 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 a, a very hard battle these days totally yeah i was just talking to my therapist about this because i i'm pretty focused and sort of calm as a person in my optimal state but when i get really just general when i get a lot of general anxiety i can it comes up in my like technology use and i've been waking up with my phone like next to my face or playing whatever uh, thing i was playing and it's awful and my therapist yesterday was like i think you should start shutting off your wi-fi starting at like whatever time you get home and you're ready to like kind of wind down, just turn off your whole Wi-Fi system. Right. Like it helps people sleep better. I was like, okay. But yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a whole thing. I can't remember the, the man, the person's name, but it's something like, uh, like the first hour or two, don't look at your phone. Mm-hmm. If you want to get like whatever, like focus you want to get done because again, it's like, just scrolling as a decision and then registering whatever images and stuff on your phone, you're making micro decisions. Yeah. And and therefore it then just becomes harder and harder and harder to focus on whatever you need to focus on. But if you don't look at your phone in the first two hours of the day, you're, I found it personally to be much more beneficial and I can be more focused and get more things done throughout the day after that but you know big ones are like having uh i mean i do this and i shouldn't but like buying just having an alarm clock instead of your phone being your alarm clock because Mm -hmm. you're touching your phone and you're gonna you know just stuff like that i mean they're like really simple little things to do but it's hard to put them into practice yeah it's very true um i want to ask you for a second about identity because it's something that I in my studying psychology and mental health um, that's kind of my main focus is self-perception and identity um, especially Mm -hmm. as humans we're so sort of like it's natural for us to evolve but in this world of like branding ourselves and also having a constant like mirror held up to us with social media and all of that um, accepting our own evolution of identity is is very difficult and for you like obviously I know like I'm not so in tune with skate culture, but I know it's like very strong and like the people within it have like a very strong sense, like this identity where you're sort of like a part of this thing. And for you, obviously, like you very much exist within that world and you have for a while. And then you've kind of like, you've definitely had this like big evolution. How has your, has that ever been difficult to sort of like accept this like shift it's not a shift in identity but like how I wanted I'm curious to know how you have how your relationship to your own identity and self-perception has been through your growth I guess oh I mean that's just like this is what I'm into like take it or leave it I mean my dad's very much like it has taught me that in the sense of like yeah fuck what people think you know what I mean um but within yeah within that a community like that it's yeah it's it's tough because it's like I guess with something like that you're like you want to stand out right like that's like the whole objective of kind of anything within an industry like you want to be a star or whatever and you want to stand out so you have to do things differently and things differently make people question and uncomfortable and then make cast get you get cast judgment because you're doing something different and so it becomes 
hard because you're, I'm doing something different out of maybe it depends on what it is, but, uh, you know, it, it's out of a, a place of, of sincerity and, you know, people don't like that because they like the things of how they are. And I mean, I, I even find myself on the other side of that fence with certain things as well. And I have to kind of step back and just like basically talk to myself and like, like, like it's happening and like, you just need to let it be, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it, it, it can be challenging at times, you know, if you're doing something that you want. And also, like, we're on this culture, this crazy train of, like, uh, hustle culture, and everyone's doing this and NFT that and Bitcoin and your YouTube channel. And, you know, it becomes a lot and very daunting where you're like, <laughs> I just want to exist. I don't even want to, like, like, I have to do all this other stuff. And like, you just see all these people, I'm buying a house, I'm buying this. And then you're just like, this is overwhelming. Yes. You know? um, I don't know. I hope that answered your question. No, it did. I saw this thing. Um, I think you, even just you in the beginning saying like, like, obviously it's not like, a, it's a thing, but like you just saying like, I don't like fuck what other people think. Like, that's always been my thing. You need that. Right. Like, right. You really, it's like a simple statement obviously but even just hearing that as a human being is like oh okay good well right but i mean it's like a lot of people say it and then they you know it's just like i remember having a conversation with someone being like well you know my company i like look at the comments to see like and they were like why why would you do that i'm like well you want to know that you're on the right path and the wrong path like right people's judgment of like what they like and what they don't like about the thing you can get through your comments and it's not the best thing but like you know and it's always like if you're doing something from your heart and it's natural people will see that and that will shine through so you don't have to worry about that yeah but owning a company and all that stuff you still aren't don't want to you want to be like 100% sure that you're like all right this is what people are liking or interested in and like gathering like the comments and seeing like the negatives from the the positives and you know yeah I think applying the not caring what other people are thinking to the right facets of your life right right is key because you do need to yeah especially if you you can't totally if you can't blanket that but yeah with the I heard something the other day too or I read it I think it might have been like even a bumper sticker of like first and foremost we're human beings not human doings. Right. And I was yeah. like, oh, yes. You know, at the at the core root of it, we're still animals, primates, you know. There's there's things of human error, you know, people I think tend to forget that we're like we're not like we may be apex in some regards, but we're still like animals to the core and we do dumb stuff. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, we're all just trying our best. Like, I think we're right. all at ending the day in bed going like, okay, got through another right. one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just to, just to wrap up, I'd love to know what makes you feel really good these days. I know you said you're not like, so you're not doing a ton of breath work, but just in general, it doesn't even have to be sort of a practice in that sense, but like, what's making you feel yourself oh, I, and happy? I have a practice. I just don't have breath work. I mean, I do yoga and meditation every day. It's just, I don't, I haven't had incorporated breath work this, I guess this year within my practice, but it's like one of those things where now it's like, oh shit, I need to like put that back in somehow. And like, I'm, why am I not doing that? You know, it's, it's just one of those things that like, I think I had gotten COVID over the, well, I'm sorry, I'm trailing off. What was Totally fine. As much as you want. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I got COVID during the holidays. And from that, I, I was like kind of on like a good practice. And then I fell out of it because I was sick and traveling. And then when I got back, I'm like, all right, I need to like fully like rebuild the whole thing. And like, basically it starts with like 10 minutes of yoga and like five or five minutes. Yeah. And five minutes of meditation and then just slowly increase the times until like I get bigger and bigger and better at it not have to worry about time and all that stuff but um i completely regret yeah sorry what was the question no it's really fine now i have another question which is like it's a quick one but i want to know because breath work now has become kind of like your thing like it's a 
people ask you about it. That's why I like found you like, right. Right. It's your thing. And I I want to know if, it shouldn't be. Do you feel pressure around like even having like not incorporated into your practice? Like, do you feel now kind of like weird, like guilt? No. Uh, or like a weird oh, attachment. It was more to like it. I. This is how I discovered it. I was, you know, I was. Uh, it was in a, a place where, like, maybe I. I don't, yeah, I don't know. No, I don't feel uh, bad to not practice because I know, like, I could, you know, if I had a room of people, I'd be like, okay, we could do X. We could do this style, this style. You know, like, I, there's so many that I've learned that I could, like, okay, we can do either or you know depending on reading the room and understanding what people need and like yeah. no I don't I don't feel bad I mean like I said I want to get it back into my practice like it's like I think pranayama is one of the best ones I'm um, um what's it called I, I can't remember the Sanskrit name but uh uh nostril changing the nostril breathing that's like the one of the best ones to do before meditation or before your yoga practice and i mean we do that in yoga class but like that's a kundalini thing too right i remember taking a kundalini class and they had us they do it in kundalini but it's it's pranayama Mm. um why uh why am i forgetting the name anyways uh yeah alternate nostril breathing is like basically it's it's getting your heart rate to slow down by focusing on the breath and then you kind of are ready to focus because your heart rate isn't racing. You kind of focus on this little minute thing just for five minutes and then you're ready for your, your practice, your asana. And then, yeah. Yeah. So for somebody like, for someone like me, who's been waking up in the last like couple of weeks, a bit anxious, which, which. Why do you wake up anxious? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm trying to figure it out, but I've been waking up super anxious the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I don't know. What breath Stop work. Coffee, maybe. Try I, think, I think it is the coffee, but it's before the coffee. I've been waking up. Yeah, just but like, you have it in, inside you and like maybe your adrenal glands are like shot out because of all the adrenaline that you're, you know, the coffee. Probably. Drinking, you know, it, yeah, I, we can get into a lot of different aspects, but yeah, try not drinking coffee. A lot of people ask me, like, oh, I'm having trouble with this and that. I'm like, how much coffee do you drink? That's, like, really yeah. And they're like, well, I, you know, I kind of drink, like, three cups a day. I'm like, yeah, that's probably your issue right there. I, I don't drink it anymore. I stopped, like, a year ago. I do drink some form of caffeine, but in such a minute uh, milligrams versus, like, what coffee. I used to drink three cups of coffee. I, I would get, like cappuccino and then cold brew and because it was like you know it has a really distinct taste but it's funny after i stop i drink it now I'm like oh god this is so like bitter and acidic yeah and that's I the know. funny thing is like i don't even drink it for the it doesn't make me feel um like it doesn't bring me up like a stimulant like i just like the the ritual of it and the flavor of it but i could just do yeah, that there's a tea. so many other alternatives to that yeah. Sponsored by mud water. No, uh, no, uh, you could drink, I don't know, green tea is a great one. You know, matcha makes me feel really nauseous. No, 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 no. Matcha is too crazy. Yeah. I mean, like uh, Essentia or something like that. Yeah. Um, it has more of an arc than a spike in terms of like the awareness and feeling crazy. And I think it, there's a, there's something in the green tea that, slowly releases the caffeine versus coffee where you're getting like a shot of adrenaline yeah so i'm forgetting what, what that's called arc. i think I it's say, is it l-theanine that's something else yeah. that's what it yeah, is no, that's, that's what it is yeah it, it, it's the it's like a, like a time release mm. yeah. so i don't know try that see if that you know helps Th- what, breath, know. what could, breath work method would you prescribe to me what breath work before you go to bed or anytime but just for somebody that's anxious what would you say uh, is the best? I think box breathing is great for someone to start, you know, uh, some, uh, some of it. It's basically, you know, four count. So you, uh, breathe in four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four, and just repeat that. And that's kind of basically this, um, the essence of like, uh, HRV, you know, 
and just kind of keeping this consistency. And that's like, basically they say there's a, there's a Ted talk. Can't remember exactly who, but he talks about flow state. And that's the first time I heard about flow state. And it's all about like, when you're like, like athletes feel it a lot more because they're in sync like basketball players. And when they're breathing at a high rate and their mind is focused, that's, that's flow state. Like Michael Jordan being able to run around the basketball court without like getting the ball stolen from him or whatever it may be. That's that flow state. And that's, that's that, that brain and heart rate kind of moving at, at one. Yeah. So, that is interesting. Sorry. So box breathing would be really good for that. That's, that's interesting. Good. Cause I, I run a lot and in my running, I'll do the thing, like I'll do two foot footfalls of breathe, like, Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I hold for two and then I release for two and then I hold for two. So I'm kind of doing a, like a shortened version of it. It's two seconds of mine and two. Right. And, right. Right. And that's, that's that, uh, what's it called? I mean, I, I, there's like books on running and meditation and I've never like fully gotten, I've never gotten into running. Yeah. I've always, I've always wanted to, but just one of those things where it hasn't stuck, but yeah, there's like crazy benefits for that aspect and I you know I had a roommate that would uh would, he was like that's my meditation but he was very like aggro and all his other parts but like he seemed so like at calm and peace when he would come back I'm like oh wow <laughs> he just needed to go on runs um, oh yeah I'm a different person when I've when I've done my run it's the best and it does have a lot to do with the breathing I think yeah I mean you're just you're you're you know uh I think I looked up this woman explaining like this 94 year old woman that's like does yoga and is fully flexible and all that great stuff. And she's like, I'd rather die than give up jump roping. She's like, it's the best because you're getting your, you're jumping up and down and getting your blood flow going and your heart rate and you're breathing. And, and you know, it's like the same thing as running. Yeah, so, the best. Yeah. So yeah, my, my question that we sort of, we sort of ran away <laughs> from in, the, in a bunch of directions was right. just in general, what's making you feel oh. happy in yourself these days? It doesn't have to be a practice. It can be anything. Um, yeah. I mean, just my, my actual practice, you know, just because I was like, started the new year and I was like, I, you know, I and, uh, kind of like swayed away from it. And now I'm like, all right, I have like a good solid practice and uh, you know, I, I've basically done, I've meditated every day this year. So like, and just keeping that, that same thing as like we discussed earlier, of like I'm starting with a small goal and then like, all right, I don't want to ruin or run away from this goal and keep it going and see how long I can keep it going. And that, you know, just doing that and then being okay with like certain things of like, whatever it is that comes up and be like, oh, we can't do this or what I, I I'm trying to think of an example like I don't know in production like there's things that come up you're like oh the t-shirts are going to come in, in the next two weeks because of supply chain issues you're like okay cool and not like freaking out about that like where maybe in 2015 you're like, <laughs> like lose my mind over something like that where yeah. it's just like all right I, I can't do anything you know it, it is what these are the cards that are dealt so and being okay with those. Yeah. And flexibility. Understanding like every day the cards you're dealt and being like, okay, with it? And like, what can you do with those cards? Can you like kind of, can you play them? Are they like the ones you have to like fold or whatever it may be, you know, and just being okay with it or just having an unproductive day and be like, all right, that's fine. Yeah. Accepting the cards you're dealt and then letting them fall where they may. I think yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's very more elegant than I did, but yes. I mean, <laughs> synthesizing. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm always at peace when I get a lot done. I think most anyone is, but that doesn't happen every day. And you got to just be okay with that. Yeah, it's finding a balance. I was just talking to my train, my riding instructor actually about um the fact that like sometimes too much free time can be sort of like an incubator for stress and anxiety of just having too much idle time because your mind can really go yeah for sure i yeah. have definitely been, been in that position for a long time so i know that <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a tough thing. I'm in, I'm in grad school and we have had two weeks off. Um, and even in this time I've been like, okay, what are we doing today? (laughs) So you have such a regiment schedule that like, once you're like allowed that free time, which like feels nice. And then you're like, once that like initial free time dissipates, you're like, okay, what now? You know, cause you've, you've had a whole schedule in place. Yes, totally. Structure feels good. A lot of the time. No, no, no. Structure is great. I mean, we all need it, but I'm just saying like from having fully a full, like rigid structured thing to like having free time to do whatever you want can be almost, um, can almost be. Yeah, it's, de- it's totally destabilizing. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. But it's all good. We're having fun. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, it's been so nice getting to know you a bit. Thank, thank you, you for making Likewise. the time. Your flowers yeah. behind you look great. No, thank you. It's all good. I also love that we essentially have the same hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we really I, do. My girlfriend keeps saying, why are you going to cut it? No, it yeah, no it's time for a haircut. Yeah, yeah, we're team hair. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll have a beautiful rest of the day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Well, have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye.